0: Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world. In this, our second episode, we'll hear about Emma's recent overseas jaunt to the States where she did some great interviews for the coaching podcast. Today we meet Kyle Lacroix, the Assistant Director of Tennis at the Oaks in Boca Raton, Florida, who throws up some great themes for Simon and Emma to explore on today's episode of The Coaching Podcast. Enjoy the show.
1: So welcome Emma, and since our first episode where we're in a studio with Jane and we were introducing ourselves and Mm. trying to get a handle as to what is this thing going to be. Since then, for the last few weeks or longer, you've uh, actually been traveling around the States, got you some equipment before you left, (laughs) got your little field recorder. Thank goodness, yes. Uh, Sent you on your way with a mission to get as many interviews as possible with people and uh, that you know and uh, involved in the tennis world and... Uh, let's see what that might produce in terms of just uh, potential content for this uh, for this podcast. So, tell us, tell our listeners, what what have you been doing?
2: Oh, look, it was an amazing experience. I'm so grateful already to the coaching podcast because I've never done anything like that before. So, what I found myself doing is going up to people that sure, I already know, but those that I completely did not know, um, interviewing Gigi Fernandez, Emilio Sanchez, and I was able to go, hey, would you like to be on our coaching podcast? And not one person said, no, how cool is that? So they were very, very keen to actually jump on board and answer the um, three questions. So I actually became quite refined in how I asked my questions, which was wonderful, uh, so the format that I use, the first question, and, and this is the format that we'll, we'll keep for all of our interviews because it just works so well, is the Vegemite question. You either love it or you hate it. What's your take? And then from there, of course, that just completely is a, is a great icebreaker. And then I could either follow on with, well, in that case, if you loved Vegemite, tell us about your best coaching moment, either as a, as a player or as a coach uh, or in the business world. Or if they didn't like Vegemite, tell me about perhaps your worst coaching moment and and the lessons within that worst coaching moment. So question one, I absolutely loved. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. Question two, of course, I loved introducing it as the sliding doors question. And I would say, okay, you know when you think your life is going one way and all of a sudden you turn left instead of right quite dramatically, what was that moment for you? And then the third and final question uh, was around tell me what specifically makes a great coach in a maximum of one to three words. Wow. And people really just pause and then boom, answer the question. And it really helped to, you know, really succinctly clarify their thoughts in that very moment. And remember, you know, none of the interviewees knew the questions prior.
1: And of course, they can't overthink it.
2: Exactly, exactly. So it's a very subconscious uh, answer or um, reaction. And we, love it. We, yeah, we got some really good stuff. Uh, and then the final part of the the interview is asking them to provide the coaching podcast with a question. So I would often say, "Well, is there is there one question that you always love to ask people?" And knowing that our audience is is quite broad and we have business listeners, and we have sporting listeners, I, you know, I would just let them take it in any direction they, they want. And, and what that's done is created a tremendous content for the rest of our episodes. We're never going to run out of content because people are always curious and they're always asking that question that they want to know. What's that one question that they want more information on? So I'm really excited about the format for our coaching podcast.
1: So that's tremendous, uh, Emma. And I've got to tell our listeners that for the for the weeks that Emma was away, uh, I'd keep seeing these um, interviews uh, recordings popping up in my Dropbox. And uh, then I get a message from Emma saying, "Her own Dropbox is full, and help, help, um, which was great because I knew it was working and uh, yeah. and, and then I, I had a sneak sneaky listen to some of the earlier ones and uh, got really, really excited and so to our listeners out there, certainly contact us as well. If you've got, uh, I suppose you'd like to be interviewed, you think you've got something really of value that you could add and a particular theme, we'd love to hear from you. And um, yeah, we'll see how long this goes, because as you said, it could be limitless with this sort of format.
2: Absolutely. And, and, And always the big thing I think, Simon, you and I are always talking about is a call to action. So that is one of the things that we want this coaching podcast to be about. It could be off the back of the question they ask that then creates that one call to action, that one focus area that you might decide to take for your business or your sporting life, week in, week out. And uh, and then, you know, certainly let us know what that was like for you.
1: And Emma, Kyle, who's Kyle and uh, where did you... Where did you meet him?
2: Yeah, I met Kyle uh, about 12 months ago. He is one of the learning facilitators for the USPTA, the United States Tennis Professional Association, down in Florida. He's one of the, uh, the testers to become a coach down in Florida. And he's also, what I was most uh, attracted to, Kyle, was his brain. He is, this guy thinks completely outside of the square and uh, he also believes that servant Volley's making a comeback. So, yes. um, so some of our listeners would be very happy to hear that out there. Uh, but he's just—I uh, love the way he thinks, uh, which is completely not along what you would consider a, a normal from A to B, um, which makes makes for interesting.
1: He's non-linear.
3: Yeah, oh, definitely,
2: <laughs> definitely. So, and he's great. and he's and his energy is got a great energy. So, uh, really appreciate him being out one of our first people that we interviewed.
0: Um, Are we going to have a listen?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's listen on to the interview.
0: Our featured guest on this episode of The Coaching Podcast is Kyle Lacroix, Assistant Director of Tennis at the Oaks in Boca Raton, Florida. Kyle has been teaching tennis at all levels for over three decades and is a United States Professional Tennis Association Florida Division tester, which he has won numerous awards for in recent years. He's highly regarded for both his critical thinking, prolific writing, and for his outstanding work as a tennis teaching professional.
2: Hello, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. This is Emma Doyle at Indian Wells, the USPTA World Conference, sitting here with Kyle LaCroix from Florida. Fantastic coach, does a lot of coach education for the USTA and the USPTA and uh, he's here to answer our three questions. So, the first question is the Vegemite question. You either love it or you hate it, Carl. Tell me, what has been a, one of your worst coaching experiences and one of your best coaching experiences?
3: Thanks for having me, Emma. I love being here in Union Wells, great to see you. Uh, to start off with your Vegemite question, I have had Vegemite. Uh, I know it's a very polarizing topic for me, I'm a fan. I do like Vegemite. Uh, I'm certainly in the minority with that, but uh, it's got a, 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 a strong aftertaste, and uh, it definitely stays with you the whole day, but I certainly love it.
2: Great. So tell me about, if you love it then, what's been your best coaching moment? An aha moment? Something that's happened to you or a player or um, that you could share with the coaching podcast?
3: My best coaching moments happen usually every day. When a player comes on the court and they want to be there, and when a player leaves the court and they say thank you and they learn something from it, it doesn't really matter what level they are. It uh, doesn't matter what we necessarily accomplished that day as long as there was a purpose behind it and as long as they got something out of it. To me, that's, that's always the best.
2: Fantastic. The next one is the sliding doors moment. You know that moment in your career when you think your life's going this way, but all of a sudden something happens where you got to turn left or you got to turn right, you know, that moment. Uh, what was that moment for you?
3: The sliding door moment, you guys call it down under, yeah. don't you? Okay. Uh, for me, that moment was probably, probably happened about five years ago. Um, I was at a crossroads in my career. I was getting burned out. I was working you know, 17, 18 hour days, um, just pretty much didn't know what I was gonna do. I actually wanted to get out of the industry and I was looking at some other jobs, completely unrelated to tennis. And uh, it was one of the days where I was probably thinking about putting in my my notice and I gave a lesson to a young girl, about 13 years old. And uh, this girl was picked on at school. She was bullied. Um, didn't have a lot of great self-confidence. Um, and I worked with this girl and she had a couple lessons. She was there just for a few weeks, she had a couple lessons with me. We really clicked, we really bonded, um, and uh, you know, our lessons were over, she left to go back home. And about two months later, uh, I actually got a phone call from her mother saying, Kyle, thank you so much. She's a completely different person, just so much more self-confidence. She's excelling at school. She's making friends. Uh, thank you so much. You, you, you really got into her head a little bit and turned it around. And it was that moment where I realized I'm more than just a ball monkey. I'm not going to feed balls anymore. Uh, I really can make an impact with a fuzzy yellow ball. I can make an impact through tennis, not just in improving their strokes, but really improving their life. So it was that moment where I, was, I kind of reevaluated my entire career, everything I was doing, and uh, kind of turned it around. And, now, and then I kind of found my love again for tennis.
2: Yeah, love it. And finally, the last question is and this, this one, just a couple of words um, that just come to mind when I, when I ask you what makes a great coach
3: there's there's a few qualities obviously there's so many coaches out there and so many different coaches that that have expertise in different things so there's a lot of qualities but there's certain there's certain fundamental qualities that you need to have as a coach Uh, one of them is is your commitment your commitment to the student uh you got to have your students back uh you have to be their biggest fan you have to be their cheerleader you have to be their hype man so you got to have commitment to the student Another thing you have to have is you have to have that passion the passion for tennis and passion is very infectious and if you can if you can show your love for the game um, it's only a matter of time before the student finds that love and I think probably the the third and final thing. Um, is just having that loyalty, the loyalty to not just the game of tennis, but the loyalty to your own education, your own growth as a professional, learning. The game of tennis is always changing, it changes every six months or so. So for you to be able to keep up on that, keep up on the education, know what's going on. Um, we're not playing with wooden rackets anymore. We're not turning, taking the racket back, stepping and hitting anymore. The game of tennis has changed, and for coaches to kind of. Be be loyal enough to to their education and to their students. Um, that, that speaks volumes.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Kyle. Commitment, passion, and loyalty. There it is, over and out from Indian Wells, California.
1: So, Emma, we just listened to Kyle LaCroix. Yeah. What a great interview!
2: Yeah, it was, wasn't it? I just I want to pick up on straight away. With uh, the first little part that he said around having a purpose behind why we do activities or exercises or or drills. Um, And, you know, I think when I was a beginning coach, just reflecting on what he said there, I really. I just used to run activities. So I'd I'd have an idea and just really, it'd be about methods, you know, I'd just be delivering one activity after the other and not really understanding how they all linked or what was the purpose behind why I was doing what I was doing. And I think this, you know, really does come through time and experience. Uh, And now I feel that the, the difference is every time I walk out on the court, I know what i 'm trying to achieve, I know the reason why i 'm doing what i 'm doing, which is really, really empowering for me, and of course for the for the student so I, I love that he, he said that what, what resonated for you, simon?
1: Well, I loved his uh, referencing that, indi- that individual, that young girl that he that he helped, and at a critical time terms of what he was going through and Absolutely, and when yeah. he realized the impact that he had
2: Mm-mm, and nearly handing in his resignation that day what a turnaround have you have you had uh, can you give us an example of when that's happened um for you with a client uh,
1: i mean just recently I'm, I'm heavily involved in a fair bit of coaching with one client in particular who uh all of their call center staff who are learning as we speak uh sales process, needs-based conversation yeah. and really the skill of having conversation, opening up a conversation with a customer mm. rather than the standard sort of thing they've been used to historically which is, you know, a process-driven, quite transactional-driven sort mm. of conversation. Mm. Mm. And so in certain individuals, and one in particular really has, I suppose, resisted the change uh, and, and struggled to just – because having a proper conversation with someone means to you got to let go. Yes. So there's a psychological barrier there as much as, yeah, habit. And uh, through one-on-one over-the-phone coaching yes. over a number of weeks with space in between to try some stuff out, Yes. light bulbs happened. And it didn't happen straight away.
2: Mm, mm. But
1: after the third coaching session I had... We went straight into a role play scenario, as a, which is what I like to do. To sort of rather than talk about it, yes, let's actually demonstrate it, so I can get a good sense of whether you are moving forward and, and doing some new things. And mm, mm. in that, in those moments, suddenly I realised, wow, she's transitioned, and it's all come down to a great question that she never asked before. And my response, I couldn't help myself. Even as yeah. a coach in a role yes. play situation, you just spontaneously react like a customer would and start revealing information and insight. And I just stopped it. I literally just stopped the interaction and I just, because I couldn't, I just had to validate what she had just done. Yes. Knowing that she probably wouldn't quite realise what a leap that was. Yes. And... Yeah, the the validation in and just saying, Wow, that was amazing. You've you've that's a great question. And just her response was just yeah, you know, emotional. Yes. Emotional yes. to have yes. that reflected back at her. Yes. And fantastic. And I know now the the next part of coaching with her is just gonna be, be accelerated. Yes. The hardest part, those moments that that happen and, and kyle mentioned that
2: yeah yeah absolutely i i was uh mentoring a coach uh last year from new zealand and i remember just uh you know one of those comments that you, that's one of your non-negotiables that sometimes you don't even realize that you have in your coaching toolkit where i said to her children learn best through opposites and uh huh? <laughs> yeah yeah you know i mean thing, i say black you say uh, white. <laughs> <laughs> I say hi. You say
1: <laughs> low. <laughs>
2: <laughs> In tennis, short and deep, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, you know, it really, rather than sometimes she was she was getting stuck on doing the same thing over and over and over again. And she's like, I just can't, you know, quite get this breakthrough with this with this client. And I said, Well, look, you know, try trying what you're doing for three minutes, and then do the complete opposite. So if you're working on depth, all of a sudden work on drop shots for three minutes. Totally change it up and then go back to depth and see the difference, you know, mm. especially rather than getting stuck and, and trying to continue to change that one thing over and over again. So, um, but, you know, I didn't realize that that one line and that one statement would, would resonate with her. And, you know, it was like 12 months later, she's like, you know, that comment that you, you made around, you know, children learn best or opposites Well, finally it's actually, you know, really sunk in for me and I'm using it in my lessons and I, you know, just wanted to say thank you. It, it mm. really stuck with me and they're those little moments, aren't they, as part yeah. of our, our, our sliding doors segment on the show. So um, so now moving on to, you know, what specifically makes a great coach? We love this question on the show and he, he says, you know, the three things around commitment, passion and loyalty. Now when he first says loyalty, I'm not quite sure what he's referring to and then, yeah. of course, he reveals loyalty to ourselves and our continued education to grow as people and, and, and coaches and, and the fact that the game's changing every six months.
1: Because Emma, I could have sworn he was going to say loyalty to your, your, the person you're coaching, yeah, to your client
2: Correct. I did too. So loyalty to yourself. Boom. There it is. And, uh, you know, it's so important for all of us and this is why – I am you know I'm so fortunate in my job to to attend as many conferences around the world as I do. I am always being open to learning and 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 for me one of my one of my passions is around having a beginner mentality and I've only just really mm. come across you know the, like that. almost that concept more um, so recently when I started really um, doing a lot more work in mindfulness and uh, having that that beginner mentality. And just being, you know, open to your own learning from everyone and everyone, everything around us. Um, there's so many opportunities every day in 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 being a beginner.
1: I love it. Mm. But the key thing you said there is, you've got to be open to it. Yes. Uh, otherwise, you miss it.
2: Yeah. Yes. So being
1: receptive to the opportunities that just come come your way.
0: Yeah, mm. Yeah. You're listening to The Coaching Podcast, brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit 5 Degrees, spelled F-I-V-E, at 5degrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And the coaching podcast also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor, and performance coach, specializing in communication, women in leadership, and coach education for players, parents, clubs, schools, and coaches right around the world. Visit EmmaDoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today.
1: Uh, so Emma, the other thing I picked up, which uh, Kyle referenced, was passion, and mm. I think when I think of myself and what others say about me, I think that for me that's that's a core quality that I have. Yes. Some might say overdone sometimes, too much passion. Pull it back.
2: <laughs> Is there such a thing? <laughs> um,
1: yeah, I think so. <laughs> There's a line, but it's a, and it's an essential ingredient yeah. um, for. Like, let's face it, I think to be effective in. Most roles, but certainly roles that people play, and, and certainly coaching, where there's yeah, there's other people involved. You're there, you're there to work with people or influence people or help people, and work with others in some capacity. That uh, passion is infectious.
2: It is, it is, which which leads really into the the first thing around what makes a great coach. About Carl um, mentions the word commitment, and when I think about mm. commitment. It's exactly what you just said there. It's as coaches, we are the cheerleaders of those players. We're the ones that can see the potential in people, often before they can see the potential yeah. in themselves. So being able to, to be passionate about that and, and almost, you know, um, bring them along with that momentum that you have for them being the best that they can be is really important with your commitment to your student
1: well isn't that what isn't that the exciting bit yes. I think it's, it is for me as a coach yes. uh, when you the moment when you realize you see that glimpse of the future mm-hmm. that they're completely oblivious to because as a coach you're observing you're in observation mode your yes. your your senses are heightened to to notice things and obviously the experience that that comes from yes seeing that in someone that's the exciting bit and yes doesn't that fuel you in terms of the next step, the next stage? What's the strategy or the or overall or the specific tactic for that very next instruction you're going to give yes. that's going to feed the achievement of that overall vision, that glimpse of the future that you've just had?
2: Yeah, yeah, and that, and that just ties perfectly into commitment. You know, I think at the end of the day we are there 100%. I know, you know, I, I am when I'm – when I'm taking a lesson or I'm mentoring or I'm consulting, I am a hundred percent there with my client present or my yeah and my student and zero distractions really my, mm. my my world is their world for that amount of time and I think that's really important as coaches.
1: and that goes I think just tying all these things together you me listening to what you just said uh, well that's the passion for it mm. Mm. it's the mm. the passion helps put you in that zone in that moment yes. distraction free I'm there for them, yes, holy, yes, mind body, spirit, yes, that energy, yes, let's get into a whole <laughs> universal theme quantum physics and vibrations and yes laws of attraction and uh, energy yes. and yeah. but it's so true, isn't it it's it pal- is. it's palpable it is. It and is. It, but it it's only gonna happen if you are. Uh, yeah, 100% invested in that moment.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think even though, you know, um, what, what this brings up for me, what we're talking about too, is, you know, being passionate every day, day in, day out, when sometimes you're on a tennis court, you know, from anywhere to eight to 12 hours a day, uh, and you may be doing that for six days, you know, in a row, maintaining your energy and maintaining your passion, it's difficult. And we are here as coaches, and we know what that feels like, and from experience and and our background. So we're not saying it's easy yeah. being able to to find that energy and that passion day in day out. You know, uh, certainly there's been many times where you know breaks are needed, and that recharge and that balance is needed so that you can bring your A game, so that you can bring the best of of yourself to that environment, because. Um, you know, certainly there is the stuff that happens in life, isn't there? And Well
1: I was just gonna say you yeah. that we've all as we've all got it, we've all got the stuff. Yes. It affects our mood, it affects our motivation. Um and I've just gotta I gotta fess up. Like so last week and and look our audience, you know, it's it's a coaching audience. Yeah. Yes. Whether you're yes. experienced, you're aspiring to be, you're currently in that role whatever it is, mm. you know, I've got a business which is centered around coaching, training, and, and measuring, observing, and, and assessing people's competency and abilities. Mm-hmm. And I had about a half a dozen coaching sessions with individuals over the phone, scheduled in last week. And as you do, it was on a Tuesday, and you're checking your schedule that m- night before, morning when you get up planning your day. You know what? The last thing I actually felt like doing On that day, was back to back four half hour coaching sessions. Yes, and that's a fair degree of honesty, right there.
2: Absolutely. So, how did you? What did you do?
1: Well, I thought, okay, I've had this feeling before. Scheduled, I don't never, I never cancel that unless it's something that's uh, out of the blue. It's it's something more to do with personal situation. In a business context, I'm not gonna. That's yes. a commitment that's been given. Yeah, yes. you got to be there. Yes. You show up, oh, big uh, time. It's all right. You know, I have individuals cancel on me. You know.
2: Yes. Yes. Whatever. But I am with you. I never but cancel. I
1: don't. I don't cancel. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to push through. But I also know from experience that every other time I've felt like I've just described. Yes. By the time, probably hmm, 30 seconds to one minute in, Yes. I'm on. Yes. Because of the passion, I'm there, I'm present. Yes. And then the energy that flows from that and the adrenaline yes. and then after half an hour I'm thinking, I'm so glad I did that. Yes. And and that's happened enough now that you just start to trust it. Mm. Mm. But it doesn't change the fact we all go through it, there's going to be moments when you see that appointment, you see that show, you might have to travel somewhere. It's like, oh, you know, just not up for that. Yes. But the coaching session itself, and maybe it's the individual. Yes. Let's go there. Maybe it's the individual. Yes. But you know what? Not quite connecting. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's mm-hmm. something about them that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't just click as people. Yes. That happens in, yes. in everything. Yeah. Yes. It's relationships. Absolutely. It's no different in coaching. It happens. Um, it happens. And that creates a psychological barrier.
2: Yeah. Potentially correct.
1: But you got to find ways
2: yeah you do and and if I could share I, you know I almost call it yeah you know, sometimes chapter one chapter two of my life but in chapter one that I know that I, I used to sometimes um, come away from you know coaching on the tour so say I'd been on a you know been to Europe for five or six weeks and I'd come back and I would say to my boss I just uh, I worked really well with these three players but those two players like we just didn't work that well together Yep. And in, in chapter two, you know, when I did do all my study around human development, I realized, oh, my God, oh, my golly gosh, it's a, it's me. It's me. I need to understand how I can adapt my style because, mm. you know, they haven't necessarily gone and done the training that I've done. So I take this new information. It's an opportunity,
1: said, what you talked about earlier.
2: Yeah. So rather than saying my personality just doesn't click with that person, mm. which is yeah, absolutely, that happens. Mm. This, so, what are you going to do? Give life. up? You are going to give up? Exactly.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we're not having this coaching yeah. session. Yeah. Or I'm just going to do an average yeah. job because yes. and move yeah. on to the next one Yeah, because
2: our personalities clash. Uh, absolutely not, and uh, and and that's why I, you know, I really, um, I thought I needed to get out of tennis, and it just catapulted me back into tennis. So, yeah, some great, uh, some great learning opportunities and moments. Um, thank you, Kyle, for your your insight and uh, your coaching. Philosophy in many ways. Uh, yeah, it's so, terrific. And yeah.
1: so we've got uh, there's the question that yes. uh, you asked it, and you ask everyone at the end of the interview. Absolutely. Uh, I a am. question that they have for our audience.
2: Yep. The coaching podcast. I say what, what what's that one question you'd like to ask? And certainly, I know that um, both Simon and I are you know are looking forward to to pondering on it and uh, exploring it and commenting on it, and, and we ask our audience to do the same.
1: Well, let's have a listen.
2: So finally, Kyle, it's time now for you to ask a question of the coaching podcast. I know you, you're a guy who um, thinks a uh, hundred thousand thoughts a second, but if you had to just pick that one question that you'd like to ask us, what would it be?
3: My question for the coaching podcast is: What makes you happiest on the court?
2: Oh, great question, Kyle. What makes me happiest on the court? There's no doubt that one of my passions is around positive language. And one of the happiest moments that I that I have is when one of my players that I've been working with, and, and this does take time because it's not easy what I'm about to say, is when they actually self coach in a positive way. And that comes out of out of their their language. And I just go, Oh that that makes me smile at makes my insides want to burst
1: please explain yeah i'll
2: give you an example um say for example you know just a classic cup couple of tennis terminologies um you know the where a coach might say you know don't let the ball drop don't let the ball drop well why do you keep letting the ball drop and so then of course the players in a match and and they say they're hitting it in the net so that you can hear them go oh god don't let the ball drop i know i'm letting the ball drop don't you know why am i doing that and of course their performance doesn't improve I, of course, subscribe to the opposite philosophy, and that is to be aware of the past, but stay in the, in the present and focus on the future. So what is it that you need to do better? So you may quite accurately be letting the ball drop. However, stay focused and connected to hitting it at the top of the bounce. hitting it between that hip and shoulder area of the body. And then all of a sudden, when you are connected to that as a coach, and you begin to coach in that positive language, in that mindset of what they need to do better on that next ball or in that next moment, what will start to happen is their internal, or, or I should say, the strength of their private inner voice becomes... So in tune with the the coaching style that then they'll say in a match you, you, you can almost hear it and they demand better of themselves when they say come on hit it at the top of the bounce I can do it that makes me want to burst as I said from the inside with happiness and joy and that's uh, and that's from all that groundwork on on the court that makes me really happy what about you Simon
1: well let me let me respond to what oh. you just said Emma so in effect when you see a bit of yourself being reflected back in their language.
2: Yeah, but it's not even not even myself, you know, because uh, it's, well, not, it's not about me. It's exactly it's no, but it's,
1: it's your method, it's your style, yes, style. your language, style reflected back at you.
2: Yes, and 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 even because I'm I'm big into asking questions, so it's 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 my language in the way I frame questions that then uh, they create the solutions in a positive way rather than I'm not going to let the ball drop. You can hear them say, "I'm going to hit it at the top of the bounce." From me saying, "What are you going to do better next time?"
1: So it's self-learning. So uh, it's, yes. it's the classic thing yes. as, a, as let's talk about coaching more broadly. Yes. The nature of coaching as a coach, uh, you don't have to have all the answers. Correct. You just got to know the right questions to ask.
2: Exactly, because the answers do live within the player and, and especially in a game like tennis, it, it's a problem-solving mm-hmm. game. So giving the player the tools and strategies to be able to problem-solve themselves.
1: In the moment. In yep. the
2: moment, that makes me happy. So what makes you happy?
1: No, that <laughs> I, I,
2: I, let me reframe the question i mean kyle asks it from from an on-court perspective what about in the workplace or in in your consulting or in your coaching sessions what what makes you the happiest
1: getting them to ask good open questions how mm-hmm. to start a conversation with a customer
2: mm-hmm. what's an open question
1: uh, a question that doesn't elicit a yes no response yeah so th- anything to get them talking yeah so
2: yeah love it
1: most and it's the It's the hardest skill to develop. takes the longest. Psychologically, it creates a whole lot of barriers because most staff in customer service and sales are conditioned to ask process questions, closed questions, because they've got to put some information in or they've got a very linear uh, thing. The key to great sales Mm. and service is to not make assumptions. And the only way you can avoid making assumptions is to get the customer revealing stuff about themselves. Yeah, yeah. So here's an example. It's the difference between saying, uh, let's use an example of uh, a client I'm working with at the moment that deals with car insurance. Yes. So, Emma, you've just rung me a- as a customer. Yes. And uh, I've just asked for your name. Uh, I said uh, I'm going to ask you some questions to give you the right solution today. And this is how most staff do it. So, Emma, tell me what, uh, what car have you got?
2: I've got a Mini Cooper.
1: And are you looking for comprehensive insurance today? Yes, And have you been a customer of ours before? No. And are you looking to start that straight away, the insurance, from today? It depends on the price. Sure. Uh, I'll definitely give you a good quote uh, today for that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So uh, do you want any sort of specific options that you want on this insurance?
2: Uh...
1: Like windscreen cover, hire car, start with windscreen do you want windscreen insurance no no do you want a high car option yes okay or i'll stop it there
2: yeah got the idea
1: okay process go back yeah yep so emma i'm gonna ask you some questions so i can give you the great solution today is that okay that sounds great all right so emma you've given us a call today to get some insurance tell me a little bit more about your situation
2: well, I use my car a lot. Actually, I'm in the car driving to different uh, tennis venues, so it's important to me that I'm covered.
1: Fantastic. And what do you know about us here at uh, TCP <laughs> Insurance?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> What's prompted well, you to give us a call today? Uh, I just I saw an ad- advertisement and saying that uh, you beat any price, so price is important to me.
1: Sure. Uh, Which obviously makes sense with insurance. Apart from price, is there any other factors that are going to be important to you in terms of making your decision as to who you give your business to?
2: Uh, I just want to make sure that my partner can also be on the insurance policy, please.
1: Yep. Fantastic. I can definitely help you with that today. Uh, Anything else apart from that? Apart from price and your partner? Anything you're worried about or you're not sure about in terms of insurance? Uh,
2: I always get confused on suburbs and why certain suburbs are more expensive than others.
1: Yeah, look, great question. Um, And I'll certainly give you some information around that. And uh, so whatever quote i give you today, you know, I'll give you some background as to why that is the way it is.
2: Fantastic. Thank you.
1: All right. Okay, stop it there. Yeah. How did that feel, Emma? Yeah, different.
2: Totally different. Yeah. I actually felt like you were listening to what I actually needed.
1: So, yes, I was absolutely listening, but what really what was what method was I using to drive that?
2: Yeah, open questions. I had yep. to explore and I had to talk to you about yep. what my situation is. So, so that's a Tell lot-
1: me more, Emma. Yeah. Let me know your situation. Basically, I'm giving you a soapbox to express yourself. Yes. Rather than leading you with yes. closed questions. That's yeah. that's the key. Yeah. So that is the barrier that staff have. It's, it's a hard thing to do if you're not used to it. Yeah. It's, um, it's no different to when you're in social situations and you meet people for the first time and you have to strike up conversation. Mm. You know, think of the mm. questions you ask and you're trying to think of what they are. Mm. The skill is to ask a conversation starter.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Tell me more, tell me that. So anyway, that's... Yeah. That's, what makes uh, you happy? Yeah. The, the, so what, what makes me happy is um, helping staff realise that. Yes Realise the opportunity that asking great questions provides them Yes Because we're all motivated by what's in it for us
2: And what makes me happy is being on this coaching podcast Because you and I are really I'm sure we'll have our differences of opinions But I love that you you, you value language as much as I do and the I just disagree <laughs> <laughs> Oh, got it just, all right. Let's create conflict, shall oh, we? <laughs> shall we? Okay, let's just get on to our next episode, would we? That wasn't much fun at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, what makes us happy is, you know, it's it's what what does what do our listeners think? Um, let us know and uh, absolutely we look forward to the next uh, the next episode. Thanks, Emma.
2: Thank you very much, Simon.
0: You've been listening to The Coaching Podcast. A big thank you to our first ever featured guest, Carl Lacroix, Assistant Director of Tennis at The Oaks in Boca Raton, Florida. If you're interested in Kyle's skills and services for coaching or speaking engagements, please contact him by email at karlacroix, that's L-A-C-R-O-I-X, at oaksclub.net. You can also follow Kyle on Twitter at Tennis Tycoon. We'd love to hear your answers to Kyle's question, what makes you happiest on the court or happiest in any other space or workplace relevant to your coaching. You can do this via our Facebook group, which you are welcome to join. Just search The Coaching Podcast to find us. This will also give you the latest show news and allows you to interact with us directly. And don't forget to introduce yourself to the ever-growing network of coaches from around the world. You can also email the show via simon at thecoachingpodcast.com.au. If you're a fan of the show, then please leave a rating and review on iTunes and help us continue to grow our audience of coaching practitioners. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centers. And thanks to EmmaDoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor, and performance coach. My name's Jane Nield, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening.